you kind of need to lose weight. Boys, little kids that tell me that. I remember in class one day, there was this girl, she was 13 and I was around eight at that time. So she was around five years older than I am. She told me that you're too fat, you need to lose weight. She told me straight in my face. And it was, it was, I guess, overwhelming because she was someone I'd looked up to. She was someone, you know, I see as an idol, not idol, but someone who I look up to because she's older than me. She's like a model to me. And having someone like that tell you something like, you're too fat, you need to lose weight in a nonchalant way is really painful. I will never forget that moment in my life. Never ever. Hi, my name is Lou. I'm 17 years old. I go to Dubai American Academy and yeah, I created my own organization which is called Hope Through Cranes. It is a platform where we would encourage the public to make mental health related artwork. And so they'll send it and along with it, so it could be a craft, a painting, just anything related to the arts. Um, they'll send their story. So that story could be a struggle that it overcome or you know their own experience with mental health and just being despaired and how they've overcome that. And through these stories I and these artworks, I hope that they can empower other people who feel the same emotions. Obviously emotions are universal, although they can be felt differently. And so because they're universal, I want other people who are struggling to understand and to see the hope that could have been um, from other people. I, I want them to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel through other people's stories. And that's why I created this organization. Art is something that is enjoyed by children. And mental health is often something that is heavily stigmatized in a lot of cultures, not just in a particular culture. And by using these artworks, we are able to lower the stigma because it's associated with a child, something a child would do. And because of this, it's innocent. So hopefully these artworks, these innocent artworks can help lower the stigmatization. And so maybe more people will speak up, maybe not by, not through directly, but maybe sharing an artwork that is associated with what they're feeling. When I was young, um, I was quite on the chubby side and I was a happy child then. I didn't really care about anything, but being in this Asian culture where you value thinness as a symbol of beauty, you've just been always thought of as, you know, not the best one because of how you look, your body image. And when I was younger, I, always, I also felt overshadowed by this friend of mine. Um, I just felt like no matter what I do is not up to her standards. I, no matter how much hard work I put in, she just is always better than I am. And so 
because of all of these, I've kind of developed this low self-esteem. She has conventionally what people uh, see as a sign of beauty, which is skinniness and big eyes. It's a big thing in Asia. I don't want to confront her because she has done nothing in this. It's what I'm feeling. She, she, it's what other people's portraying her. She's not doing anything. She's just being herself. But maybe it's just we're not really too paired. We're not really a pair. We're not suitable. Maybe that's why. And I decided, you know, to to prevent me from feeling all of that emotional burden and to prevent her from from feeling any unnecessary, I guess, pain if I actually confront her all about all of this, I decided to cut her off. You know, the symbol of beauty is always something that is evolving and a part of it comes to chance, I'm gonna say it, because if you're born at the right time with the right, you know, ideals, you're lucky. Because back back then I think in one of the dynasties of China, they really liked curvy girls so, and crazy curvy girls. So it really depends on your chance and luck. And I don't think society has failed me because I actually thank society for making me feel this because without these, I'm unable to channel all of what I'm feeling into trying to help others feel hopeful in despairing situations. I'm really grateful actually that I've experienced this because this experience has really made me a better person and helped me see what kind of person I want to become. And it helped me evaluate what my values are. It just brought me my passion, which is exactly, I actually really want to thank society for being, being mean sometimes. So this is really strange because my parents never see me as overweight. They, re they actually really like, you know, chubby kids. They're like, oh, they're really healthy. They're nice. They actually loved me when I was, you know, quite chubby. Um, but I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I think it's not people in school, but it's just people within the cult, my culture, that, you know, see me as this, I don't know, you, you kind of need to lose weight. Boys, little kids that tell me that. And, you know, um, I remember in class one day, there was this girl, she was 13 and I was around eight at that time. So she was around five years older than I am. She told me that, you're too fat, you need to lose weight. She told me straight in my face. And it was, it was, I guess, overwhelming because she was someone I'd looked up to. She was someone, you know, I see as an idol, not idol, but someone who I look up to because she's older than me. She's like a model to me. And having someone like that tell you something like, you're too fat, you need to lose weight in a nonchalant way is really painful. I will never forget that moment in my life. Never ever. So the concept of depression in my life is actually not the conventional way because I don't think I've had depression although I did get diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Um, so how it evolved was that I think it was because of school, the people leaving me out. Firstly, 
and then secondly feeling overshadowed and then thirdly feeling abandoned by friends because in the group of friends that I had um, in school I had one person who I think I've previously talked to talk told you about who knew of my experiences as being lonely and I think it was an exchange program so she went to an exchange program and when she came back I felt the distance the first time for the first time I felt distance with her and she was the only one in my life who knew what I was feeling and that distance really culminated when I remember it was in break time they were talking about some drama and when she came, when I came up, she was there with someone else. And she whispered something in that person's ear in front of my face. And I just walked away. And from that day on, I did not go to them anymore. That was like the cutoff between me and that group. And then after that, I got really sick. My weight started just shooting down. Um, it was deteriorating. My hands were constantly cold. Um, I didn't know it was that bad until one day in the shower, my mom came and she saw all bones. It was skeletal as she described it. And she, she was really, she, she had, a, had this really alarming face. And she told me, what is wrong? Like, tell me. Um, I, I, I guess I was really annoyed of her that time because I didn't know what I was happening. Um, you know, it wasn't really affecting me. Like, I was just moody constantly. And, you know, I could just study. I was studying okay. The only thing I didn't realize that I was was that I was not talking to anyone at school. Like, I wouldn't really make friends. I just started closing myself off. And then it got to the point where I was so weak that I was just skipping school as much as I can. And I sat on the sofa every day and try to watch comedies to cheer me up. I would laugh, but then once the comedy ended, it would just be me lying on the sofa, just half dead, like a, you know, a plant human. Is that what they call? But, um, yeah, and then I couldn't really think. I remember really very faintly that my brain was full of fog. It was full of darkness. I just couldn't think of anything else. And I was constantly moody towards my parents and towards just everyone, everyone and anyone. Um, it, I guess that was depression, I guess. And then I also got, I went to the psychiatrist told him all the symptoms, he diagnosed me with major depressive disorder. I'd studied psychology before and he diagnosed me with some pills, but I didn't want to take the pills because I thought that I didn't have disorder. I thought that I I thought that, you know, it wasn't depression. It wasn't what the books had said. I thought it was just me being moody, a teenager and all, nothing wrong. And so I didn't take the pills. I went home and I still got really bad. Eventually, um, I got a doctor who was able to help me, but he still helped me through like physical symptoms. And when I was able to eat a little bit, I got better like physically, but mentally I was still, it wasn't better. I just, 
now before it was kind of like I didn't have a brain I didn't have thoughts I didn't have limbs to walk around but now it's similar to um, I have limbs but I don't have a brain to think and I would just cry every day and that was my experience so before I changed schools definitely I felt miserable and then even after I first changed schools I was still quite underweight I hate I hated PE because physical education because you had to move around and I was the slowest I was always the slowest I just I, I was the lowest energy one I hated that class so badly um, but people made me feel warm and everything and then and then COVID hit, right? Um, at that time, because I'd been constantly seeking doctors, I put my parents in such financial stress. Um, and because of COVID, right, their business was affected. Before that, it was fine. They, they were able to cope, but then after, it was really hard for them. Um, so I, can't, I guess they kind of blamed me in a way. They told me that, um, because they also found the makeup that I bought previously. So they thought that I saved up money. I didn't eat just to save up money to buy makeup. And me not eating resulted in me in being sick, which is not the case at all. So they just kind of used that narrative to, to make me feel guilty. And at that time, because I was, also, I was still struggling with food, I was able to get food down my system, but I wasn't able to have that nice relationship i wasn't able to eat something without thinking about what kind of nutrients it had and you know what it consisted of i still had to count i hated oil i mean i still do with my mom constantly guilt tripping me um, about me leading to my own self-destruction it was a major reason that you know, I was crying every day. I was fighting with them every day, telling them that this is not the reason. You should have listened to me. Because one thing about my culture is that mental health is really, really stigmatized. And parents kind of just give you the physical needs, but not the emotional needs. So they'll express their love through different ways, but it's just never direct. But sometimes what you need is just a hug and a sentence saying that I'm always there for you. Sometimes this is what you want, but I've never gotten these. So it was really difficult to me. And then I think it was after COVID, I realized that I should start doing something. And when, one day, I think I was folding a crane. And um, it was the first time that I felt so concentrated on something. And it's weird, you feel at peace when you concentrate something. And I thought, you know, maybe through artwork and, you know, just crafting on all of these art, you can help other people feel at calm and peace and forget about the worries that they're having. Hope to Cranes personally, I think is my major, first major project. And it means so much to me because it's kind of the culmination of where my depression went to. So it's, it holds a really special place for me. And um, I, what I wanted to do is that I hope that through artwork, mental health related artwork, we can really empower other people, especially during COVID 
and all of these natural disasters and political unrest that are happening around the world, those people who feel the despair, just have a moment of rest while making these artworks. Because no matter how short that time is, you will genuinely feel at peace. And you will just forget about all of your worries that time. And it's important because it makes me feel hope no matter how short the time is. It makes you feel like despite all of the hardships I'm having, there are times in life that I need to appreciate life as it is, the small things especially, that I can make the bad in front of my eyes into something good. And that's what I hope to spread on my project. If I had to envision another world, it would be one where there are hardships in life because that is what makes people grow. But what would be more prevalent would be the help that people receive and the more people that are willing to give help, no matter how small it is. Because in current society, we have a lot of bystanders that just see things happen and not do anything about it. They feel the guilt, but no one's taking action. And in that hypothetical world, people would be more encouraged to take action because, not because they want something, a reward from that particular person they're helping, but it's innate. It's internal. It's from that internal satisfaction that they gain. So I hope that in the future, if people actually help others, it's not because they're expecting something, because that's never genuine. It's something that comes from their heart, comes from something internal, and comes from this genuine wish that other people succeed. And I think that will make society a much more better place. I thought makeup was the solution to ideal beauty because of other people around me, what I'm surrounded with, social media, YouTube. Um, back then, that was when, that was the most, that was the peak of, I guess, beauty in YouTube. So because I was bombarded with these ideas, I thought that you had to look pretty with makeup and you didn't have to, you know, your natural face was just bland. That's what I thought. And you had to have a certain standard. So obviously, as I've told you, in my own culture, big eyes, these crazy, um, crazy standards. And people go to the ends, they do plastic surgery just to look a certain way. And in the end, some even fail. So because of these societal influences and ideals we are just constantly thinking that we're not enough and we constantly want to look like them but the world would be such a boring place if we looked identical so i think people re need to realize that especially for people like young teenagers who've just been exposed they're very vulnerable and especially vulnerable to everything Focus on the accomplishments rather than calling a woman beautiful because every woman is beautiful. Every person on earth is beautiful. You shouldn't judge a person based on beauty. It's, and I know that it has been said a lot of times and it's very cliche that what matters inside is more important than the outside. 
but this is true. You sh- instead of focusing on beauty, why don't you just praise someone for, be- for their success? Praising someone for their skills, for their talent, it would be so much more better and a much more impactful model for young teenagers. I prefer to call my I prefer to praise myself on successes nowadays. I don't really like to focus on beauty that much. Obviously, looking presentable is something that everyone has to learn. Um, it's very important for first impressions, but focusing on your successes and what you can achieve and what you can do for the world for the better is a much more important thing. First of all, find what you're interested in and develop a passion out of it. Because once you're busy with your passion, you, your emotions won't be occupied on anything else and anything else will become less. Having a group of friends to me now means to support. I currently like being on my own. I'm just a natural introvert. I enjoy it. And there's nothing to be ashamed of it. Because you won't judge yourself. So, if you have that chance to spend time with yourself, why not? Why do you need a group of friends? Who are the friends that you can surround yourself today? What are they like? Or who would you aspire to surround yourself with? If you don't have them today, who do you aspire to attract? People who are as passionate as I am, who support one another, right? Who, who regardless of anything, we give each other advice, whether it be bad or silly, we take it, we, you know, if it's silly enough, we might even make it work. Just people who are willing to listen. Listening is one important aspect. Um, People receive information all the time. You have to listen in order to understand and to be empathetic and to feel. And I think communication is vital as well. Change your inner talk from I am beautiful to I am passionate. We need your help to spread hope in society. We need you to take action by creating mental health related artworks and sending it on our platforms, along with your story of hope, of how how you've overcome your struggles. Go on hopethroughcranes.com and submit your artworks, submit your story, tell it to the world. Help let us unite all together so we can create this whole community of hope. Don't forget to speak louder and never forget to exhale.